You are now listening to Confessions of a Go-Getter podcast, and I'm your host, Jerrica Burns. Now, just in case this is your first time tuning in, as always, thank you. I do believe it is important for you to know that this is a community full of go-getters, go-getters who are self-motivated, resourceful, and using our gifts and talents to serve our community and live out our very best lives. Now, periodically, we do have our stuck in the struggle of life moments, but we are flexible and resilient, and eventually, we find a way to bounce back. Well, welcome back, go-getters. I am so happy that you're here this week. I am so happy that I'm here this week. I am so honored to be able to share this conversation with you. Um, I had the opportunity to interview intuitive life coach and host of Motivation Medium podcast, Miss Amber Malone, where she discusses the power of self-love, self-compassion, and having hashtag zero shame for feeling what you feel. I'm going to tell you guys in advance to please get your pen and paper ready. You're going to absolutely need to take notes. This is such a vulnerable conversation and Amber's energy is magical. So without further ado, please get into this episode. And I am introducing at this moment, Miss Amber Malone. Hey, Amber, how are you? Hey, I'm doing good. Welcome to Confessions of a Go-Getter podcast. I'm so excited for you to be here. I'm sharing a secret. Amber and I have already been talking. Like we've just been chatting it up. Finally, I said, you know what? We have to get this party started. So Amber, as I have mentioned, is the host of the Motivation Medium podcast um, where she discusses hashtag zero shame. So I absolutely had to bring her on so that we could have this conversation today about self-love and just overcoming any shame, especially as we enter into a new year. So Amber, how are you today? I am nervous. I'm feeling so nervous. Like before we hit record, I'm just chatting it up. As soon as you hit record, I'm like, oh, I'm noticing, you know, my hands are sweaty and I, I'm noticing my heart's beating fast. And I'm like, I'm nervous. No need, no need, because you know what's going to happen. We're going to end up laughing, having a good time. And at the end of everything, we're going to change some lives. So girl, it's, it's all good. It's worth the nerve. Yes, it's okay to feel nervous. And I appreciate you inviting me on. Like I told you, it's everything to me. Uh, like we chatted earlier, I was like, I'm going to be on the Jerrica Byrne show. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, we talked about, you know, the microwave, the internet issues having. Right. You know, I'm like, everybody, I'm telling my kids, I'm going to be on the Jerrica Byrne show. So I know that's not the name of your show, but I called the Jerrica Right, right. Don't use the microwave because the internet will come out. Listen, the virtual world, the virtual world that we're in right now is really um, harsh at times because just like we were talking about, you know, getting dressed, doing makeup, you know, being in a good position, you know, to be in front of the camera. It's just a lot. But in our world of podcasting, we don't really have to worry about that because you just usually hear our voices. Right. <laughs> you, you don't hear uh, the behind the scenes. Everybody be quiet. I'm getting ready to record. Exactly. <laughs> I do want to just say, Amber, that I really personally love your podcast as well. Every single episode that that you've put out that I've listened to, um, I've been able to connect with. So I would love to allow you to introduce yourself to everyone and be able to kind of share your story and how Amber Malone 
got to where she is today as intuitive life coach, podcast host, beautiful woman that I get to look at while we have this interview. Oh, that's beautiful. I appreciate you. You know, I started my business journey offering spiritual readings. I offered mediumship readings, I offered business readings, and I just really wanted to encourage people and support people with their business goals. And then I moved on to designing um, websites and helping them with their brand strategies. And I found that a lot of the people that I supported, they were going through a lot of the same struggles that I was going through. Um, I just found that that was comforting to know that I wasn't the only one because I was judging myself harshly when I didn't meet up to my business expectations or not even just business, but being a mom um, and in my marriage and, you know, just combating shame. So just knowing that other people were going through many of the same struggles and knowing that I wasn't alone, that was when I just decided that, you know, I wanted to support other people and let other people know that they're not alone and that um, you don't have to be ashamed for feeling the quote unquote negative feelings that you typically feelings are labeled as positive or negative. And so I started realizing that, you know, there's no such thing as a right or wrong way to feel or a positive or negative way to feel. Because Mm -hmm. when I felt something, when something came up, a feeling came up that was in the quote unquote negative category, that's when the shame surfaced. That's when I felt isolated. That's when, when I didn't want to talk about it. So if I was comparing myself to someone else, I was feeling insecure. If I was feeling envious, if I was feeling lonely and wanting connection, If I was feeling rejected, those feelings I felt a lot of shame about because I thought, well, you know, other people must not be going through it. So I didn't talk about it. So once I started to talk about it with my clients and my clients talked about it with me, they were like, yeah, I mean, I'm going through the same thing. And I realized that that's something that I wanted to put out into the world that you're not alone if you're struggling. feeling painful or strong feelings is not bad for you, um, that it's okay however you're feeling. I absolutely agree with all of that. And one of the things um, that you mentioned is once you shared, like once you shared with your clients, then they were like, oh, I'm I'm going through it too. So I, I definitely want to dig into just how you have like hashtag zero shame and like the whole concept behind the shame stories, which you kind of use as a way to also um, define like those stigmas, the things that we label or stereotypes of an emotion. So there's one that you had that you were talking about in one of your episodes where you are saying like, I'm the only one, which you mentioned that as well, as far as like being lonely. So when you think about that, what are some examples or some things that people usually um, from your experience have been going through where they feel like they may be the only one going through it? feeling like, well, I have a lot of people around me. I have friends in my contact list that I can reach out to. I have family members that I can reach out to. Um, and then the shame stories coming up. Well, first of all, um, you can have a lot of people around you and feel lonely. You can be in a relationship and feel lonely. But the shame stories surfacing that are saying, Well, because of what you have, because of what you've accomplished, because of all of these things, you should not be feeling lonely. 
it's not okay for you to feel lonely. And so when those shoulds, those shame stories are surfacing, um, recognizing that it's okay to say, hey, I am needing connection. I am wanting support. And one of the things that I started to do, someone had posted on Instagram a meme that said uh, mental health check-in and it had emojis for each feeling. So when I reached out to my friends or if they reached out to me and I, I, you know, asked them, you know, this, this is how you can support me and would it be okay if I supported you in this way? And I just would send the meme, Hey, how are you feeling? Because a lot of times I would say, I would, I would be feeling lonely. Like I was really needing connection and when, and I would, reach out and they'd say, how are you feeling? And I'd say, I'm good. I'm good. But I wouldn't say I'm feeling lonely because that was a very strong and painful emotion. And there was a lot of shame stories and beliefs that I had that were saying, you know, people will judge you or, or you're fan. And so just acknowledging that, cause you know, I always say shame loves the silence. Um, so just acknowledging that and sharing that and if I didn't have the language at the time, then just sharing the, the meme, like with the emoji that had the emotion next to it. I think for me, I, I really um, connected with that because I know, especially sometimes I feel like as women, um, especially like super, like the go-getters, the ambitious women, that is the thing. Like, it's almost like, but you have all of this going on. So how are you lonely? And even for me, I, when I went through that period of feeling extremely lonely and feeling like I was the only one, it's because all of the women, Mm -hmm. the other strong women around me may be in these thriving relationships. And maybe I had just ended my relationship. Right. So now I'm feeling like, oh my gosh, like maybe I should have worked it out you know, maybe I should have done this, you know, <laughs> like you just start thinking of all of the reasons to go back to trying to feel like you're not lonely, but it's like, no, you, you made all the right decisions, you know, for that person. Cause like you said, a lot of times there's not a right or wrong decision, but for that individual. So for myself at that time, I made the right decision, but because I was feeling, you know, some kind of way about feeling lonely. Um, I think I just was trying to revert back to something that was comfortable and normal because I didn't want to feel the uncomfortableness of feeling what I was feeling. But that's the thing, you know, again, with what you discuss on your podcast is it's important for us to feel what we feel. Yeah. It's okay to uh, feel the discomfort. It is, uh, it can be very uncomfortable to feel strong and painful emotions. And it's okay to feel those emotions. One of my uh, affirmations that has helped me the most is to say, you know, I can handle the discomfort of setting boundaries because setting boundaries, for example, can feel um, painful, can feel very strong. Um, And it is uncomfortable sometimes because, you know, we're all on our journey. You know, I I say that I I haven't gotten to this utopia where I have arrived and now I, (laughs) I, you know, I have it all together, darling. No, no, it's like, (laughs) no, I mean, um, I, I believe no, none of us have it all together. You know, we're, all still learning and relearning and unlearning. Um, so the the most important belief uh, that I unlearned for me has been that you know it's okay to feel however you're feeling. 
Yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned boundaries and that is a huge, I mean, when you think about all the memes and just things on social media and conversations with, with men and women, that is big right now. I have to say that even for me, it's, it's been something that um, recently within probably the last three years I've had to, um, you know, introduce myself to, because I didn't, I wasn't doing that. I kind of felt obligated to, to keep relationships and to stay in situations because I didn't want to disappoint other people. But with boundaries, I do want to ask you this question from your perspective. When do you think that it's time? Like, what are some of the things that people may experience when it's time to start setting boundaries? Uh, I think getting curious about what's surfacing first. So choosing curiosity first without judging yourself for how you're feeling um, to start with that first, because you may notice sensations in your body that are coming with the feeling um, like the feeling of feeling obligated um, is I use the feelings word list. I encourage anyone and everyone to get a feelings word list screenshot one and just look at the word list. You know, am I feeling powerless? Am I feeling rejected? Am I feeling resentment? First getting curious, you know, what is coming up for me with this feeling? Um, And, um, you know, asking yourself what is underneath the feeling, Um, Because it's not really a cut and dry process. There's so many factors that go into it when it comes to setting boundaries. But how you're feeling is valid, first first and foremost. Your feelings are valid. Your feelings matter. And you can prioritize your well-being and, and mental health over serving other people. It's okay for you to prioritize that first. And so I think when you're feeling like or the belief is that their feelings, priorities matter more than my own, then that's something that you can just become curious about versus like, oh, no, it shouldn't. I shouldn't feel this way. I shouldn't feel obligated. Um, Because there can be so much more to the story, but it comes from just getting curious about it first. Um, Because, you know, with boundaries, I think that knowing your values knowing what your uh, personal beliefs are and noticing in your body, noticing when, when the feeling is coming up, okay, is this, are are my values being violated? Am I, am I feeling obligated because I've already said no and that person is continuing to test or push back on my boundaries? Is that creating feelings of resentment? Am I feeling fear of speaking up because I fear re- repercussions or or I am more concerned about how that person is going to react to me setting boundaries than my own feelings? And again, no judgment. It's just getting curious and asking, having those conversations with yourself. You know, what am I feeling? Why do I think I'm feeling it? What value do I feel is being violated? And am I feeling pressure to put their needs over my own? Do I feel like I need to justify or explain my boundaries? Why am I feeling like I need to explain myself? Just getting curious, you know? Yeah. So when you say explaining, right, when you have to set those boundaries in motion, And let's say that there's a situation where you have to um, completely separate yourself from someone or just it's probably like a hard boundary. 
for me, communication is huge. I love communication. I think that, again, they they say it's more about the comprehension. Like, (laughs) does the other person really receive what you're saying? But I think that as long as that person is putting it out there that this is what I'm getting ready to do. I believe that with with a lot of times those boundaries, we have to let people know, like, listen, this is what this is what I'm getting ready to do because I need to, you know, I need to respect my, my peace or whatever it is that you may be doing. But do you believe that, that, that isn't required? You know, that if you're going to set a boundary, it's, it's more about that individual person and that they just can, you know, make that happen. Well, what I mean is, for example, if let's say someone texts you and after hours and you've said, you set a boundary and you said, Hey, you know, I don't answer my phone. My family time is after five, you know, when I get off work, that's my time. And they continue to text you and you don't text back. You text back when you're ready to text back. You don't have to say, you don't have to explain yourself by saying, oh, you know, I, I'm sorry, I didn't get back to you sooner. I was cooking or I was cleaning. You know, you're allowed to text back when you're in an emotional space and when you're ready to text back. Right. I do believe that communication is important, right? So when you think about the other side of it, this other person, which could be a girlfriend, um, a relative or, or whoever it is, they may still be trying to reach out to you. Right. And you've already cut them off. Like they just aren't even going to be able to communicate with you at all. Um, but for me, sometimes when I think about it, I'm like on the other side, if, if I'm on the other side of that, I would like to know that there's something that, that I am interfering with in your life. So I think that's really where, where my question was, is more about the communication aspect of it, like if it's if it's necessary, you know, to communicate that. I think that there's so many underlying dynamics and factors to consider in that because this is a very you're hitting on a very um, close to my heart mm. topic with boundaries because I have a lot of uh, family estrangement. For example, I do not have a relationship with my mother. Um, When I started to um, offer spiritual readings as a psychic medium, she did not agree with that. Um, She thought that was, you know, against her values and belief systems. So, um, but that's one uh, factor. There's many other factors. And other people may not understand the factors. They may not know the the full spectrum of the dynamics that um, led me to making the healthiest option for me which was to stop all communication with my mom. Um, our society and the culture that we live in, you see a lot of, of Mother's Day posts. There's a lot of shaming if you're not in, if you don't have a close relationship with your mom which is very difficult for me uh, during holidays, during uh, times when with family members, when they're saying, Hey, why don't you talk to your mom? I have a relationship with her and it's great, (laughs) you know, but there's different factors and dynamics that can contribute to that. Um, There were a lot of um, values for personal values and beliefs and lines that were crossed for me. That's for me. That's my personal lived experience. So 
you and the, and anyone who's listening, you always have the right to honor your lived experience. No one can judge your journey if they haven't walked your journey. They don't know all of the the details and the underlying factors. Yeah, you know, sometimes when we like for me, um, when I initially set boundaries. It was in baby steps because it felt so uncomfortable to say no. So I had to take one step at a time and practice saying no, practice sitting with the discomfort because sometimes the discomfort is more related to, I'm afraid to honor my needs because in this relationship that I had growing up, I learned that it wasn't safe for me to honor my needs. My needs didn't come first. So it would make sense that this discomfort for me comes up when I am asserting my needs, when I clearly set boundaries. And I say on the podcast, you know, sometimes, you, you know, you don't owe someone an explanation. You know, I think the belief that you do owe someone an explanation can sometimes come from, people being on the other side and having someone ghost them or not stop talking to them. And it's like, Hey, I didn't know, like you said, I didn't have the opportunity to change. Um, Being mindful that not everyone is in the emotional space um, and not people can choose what they want to choose. Is their right to feel how they feel? Is their right to uh, respond how they want to respond? And, And boundaries look different for everyone based upon their belief system. In other relationships, I learned that for me, the healthiest option didn't always require an explanation. Sometimes I chose to communicate what the issues were, but it also depends, you know, if you're, for example, you know, in a relationship with a narcissist, you know, sometimes the healthiest option for you is to not explain yourself. I mean, if you are in a domestic violence situation, you know, just there's so many different factors that need to be considered. So just to tell someone, hey, you know, this is what you should do. This is how you should set that boundary. I would empower them to become curious, to um, learn more about what the feeling is, because, you know, experiencing and feeling our emotions can bring about a lot of self-awareness. I would encourage them to notice if there's shame surfacing that said, hey, you shouldn't, you shouldn't say no, because that person is going to feel bad. Well, you know, my feelings matter too. What I think and what I believe matters too. So that's why in my podcast, I say it's okay. And you're allowed to, because I always want to be mindful of the fact that you know, everyone's journey is different and I'm not walking in everyone's shoes and I don't know the underlying factors. I think with shame, if I put words in your mouth, (laughs) then it's like, okay, well, I should be doing this then when I feel like I want to go into a different direction. So I would say if the healthiest option for you is to say no, that's valid. It's so interesting because I uh, was just listening uh, to another podcast and I actually um, was thinking about it because I went through some things with my mom as well. And I almost feel like, you know, it's probably a thing with mother and daughter relationships. And it's almost like a, either we, we get through it or we don't. Um, but there's just something 
that's so interesting that I literally had to do the same thing. And my mom listens to my episode, so she's going to be like, really, Jerrica? But I had to do the exact same thing. Like, we didn't talk for almost a year. It didn't feel good, like you said, right? It's like this thing, this little pit in your stomach that's like, gosh, this feels awful. But I had to do it because there were just things that kept happening that I was like, I this isn't healthy for me. So again, just like you said, it, it definitely is about each person's experience and, and what exactly happened in that moment. With that, um, I definitely wanted to uh, switch gears a little bit and just talk about um, some affirmations because you mentioned a few that you have for yourself that you discuss on the podcast. So one that you recently were discussing was starting over. I personally, you know, went through that for 2020 as a lot of people did just kind of changing courses, redesigning their life and trying to figure out like, where am I going? You know, how am I supposed to start over right now? Like, Maybe they were at the top of their game or really flourishing, really thriving at the beginning of 2020. And then all of a sudden things just shifted. So now we're in a new year. Um, and I think that it's appropriate when you think about new year. A lot of people are starting over with a clean slate or, um, you know, just trying to reposition and pivot. Um, so what are some affirmations for for people who who are starting over that, you know, that you would be able to share? I can start over at any age. Yes. The number does not define you. So my age does not define me. I would say my 24 hours is unique to me. Because a lot of times, you know, for myself, I guess I speak for myself and my own experience, but in my life, I would look at 24 hours in the way that I perceived it of other people. And I'm like, wow, they got a lot done in 24. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm like, it's 12 o'clock. I ain't taking a shower yet. You know, like, I'm like <laughs> right. So, so recognizing that your 24 hours may look different from someone else's as you start over, whether it's relocating, whether it's a relationship, it's okay for your 24 hours to be unique to you and whatever that means for you. I can handle the discomfort of starting over because sometimes it's like, oh, this is so uncomfortable. I don't know, but I can handle this. And I told you uh, before we started recording, uh, I can handle the discomfort of setting boundaries because sometimes with starting over, you're setting boundaries too. You're setting boundaries it is safe for me to honor my needs first before other people. Absolutely. I, I love that you say, you know, the, the 24 hours, because again, it, it's, it's whatever you're doing, right? Like in that time and what, what's important to you during that time. Um, and in one of my other episodes, I was discussing um, with Patricia Shahone and, and mentioning with her, because we were talking about self-care and some other things, but literally it's that guilt sometimes that you feel because you're like, oh, well, I didn't, I didn't create my website. <laughs> like, oh, I didn't, you know, I didn't, whatever, you know, it is that we put so much pressure on ourselves to do. But as long as you end that day and you feel good, like you're feeling good. I think that that's so much more important. You know, I, I have a friend who, um, 
she mentioned that she had seen, she's a mom and that she had seen this other mom and this mom did all this stuff. And she's like on social media posting, you know, whatever. And she literally had to check herself and, and say like, wait a minute, but her life is not my life. You know, like my life is a little bit different. And I think it's just that, that self-reflection that we need to do when it is time to start over. Um, and, and my favorite one is I can start over as many times as I want to. <laughs> right. That's right. And it's okay uh, to do what you can do. And, you know, I post like once, shoot, once a month, maybe what? once every, you know, like, and that's okay for me because I'm like, I ask myself, okay, when I go to someone's Instagram account, do I, do I say, wow, they haven't posted in a week. I'm like, no, especially if it's a new account, I don't even know their posting schedule. I just like right. their content, but I would put that pressure on myself. Um, you know, cause I like to believe everybody's on my account every day <laughs> like, and posted it. Right. In months, you know? <laughs> so, so I just started to, um, kind of challenge the shame stories that were coming up and say, well, you know, they're like, the shame story is like, you should be posting every day, like, you know, this account. And I'm like, well, but you know, I, uh, struggle with disordered eating. I struggled with in recovery, struggled with anxiety. I struggled with depression. There's a lot of other factors in my unique 24 hours. So I don't, and then if, if the shame story is, well, but you see how hard this person is working every, all the courses and everything that they have out there. And I'm like, Okay, well, that's that's one perspective. I hear that. Yeah. And um I don't know if they have a team of people supporting them. Right. I don't know a lot about them and I just I started to change the way that I spoke to myself mm-hmm. and um uh, and then with starting over, I think a huge shame story what well, for me is like, well, you should have did this. You should have uh, stayed in school and you should have focused on this. And I'm like, well, you know, my needs were different then. And I was doing my best then I'm doing my best today. I have more information now than I did back then. Absolutely. I didn't have a lot of the tools and strategies that I apply now back then. Mm-hmm. So when I look back, it's because I'm, I'm lifting myself up. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what I, I was thinking as well, um, what we were discussing prior to, um, recording when I think about like starting businesses and starting, for instance, our podcast, right. And you were mentioning like, there were things that you had to do in order to just start now. Right. And I think that we go through that as well. I want to just talk about like, sometimes feeling like, you're not enough because I know like when you're getting ready to start over and start something new, that's going to be something that comes up. I mean, even if you want to talk about some of your personal experience, as far as like you starting your business and starting your podcast, some of the challenges that you had, where again, you had to start talking to yourself to kind of get yourself out of that moment of doubt. Self-compassion has been the single most healing tool for me ever. Um, because when I started, um, even when I had the, the business, when I was doing website design, for example, at that time, 
there were a lot of YouTubers that unknowingly supported me. And my belief at that time was that I needed to hustle. I needed to grind. I needed to wake up at 4 a.m. I needed to get stuff done. As I started to experience chronic illness and chronic pain and anxiety and different things, and I was, you know, uh, consuming all of that information, then I started to feel guilt. I started to feel shame. Like I'm not able to get all of this done. And so now I think it's important for chronic pain, chronic illness, um, mental illness to be in those conversations with starting a business. Um, There's more than one narrative to motivation. Motivation can look like, you know, one small step is enough. My best is enough. Um, Because when I, for example, like I mentioned, when I started my podcast, yeah. I would shut down and feel overwhelmed at researching and looking for all the equipment that I needed to buy. You know, I watched a lot of YouTube videos. Like, you know, I go to YouTube, I want to learn about something. So I would watch YouTube videos and I was like, and then I go on YouTube videos and feeling not enough. I would, you know, see someone and their their uh, video was like so, I mean, they had all these graphics and like camera fade in and out. I mean, it looked like a whole production. And I'm looking at my camera, you know, with fingerprints and food on my computer, crumb from the kids. And I told you I have my my tangled up uh, Android earphones, you know, and they're all tangled up. And I'm like, okay, this is the best that I could do. So um, I'm at, at this point in time. So I just, you know, downloaded a voice recording app and I plugged in my earphones and I went in my closet because it was the quietest space in the house. And plus I saw on YouTube that people had like foam padding for podcasters to lock in the sound. And I was like, well, I have clothes and pillows in the closet. So that's my phone, you know? So I just went in the, in the closet and, you know, that was the simplest step. And in the beginning, you notice the beginning episodes, like I did not know how to edit so, so I was like holding my breath my whole time. I was like, okay, there's like these long pauses. I didn't know editing was even a thing. Like, and then when I discovered editing, you know, I can take out like, oh, and the like, I was like, oh, okay. So, you know, but when I first started, I just started. And so it's different. And I wasn't comfortable at all when I first started with even recording. I just wanted to talk to myself and I wanted to encourage myself first. And I didn't like the sound of my voice when I first started. I couldn't listen to my own podcast episodes in the beginning. because so I was like, oh, I don't like how my voice sounds. And even though I was still on this journey of self-love and self-compassion and shame stories, as I started to research, I started to become more aware. And I'm like, hey, so now I listen to, I go back and listen to my own podcast and I'm like, mm-hmm, girl, like that part. Okay. You know, <laughs> you know, and that was that in itself was very healing for me. Yeah. So I encourage people to, uh, whether you're a podcaster or not to record yourself, giving yourself advice. Like we talked about with boundaries, you know, ask, record yourself. What are your beliefs? What are your values? What are your affirmations that resonate with you? Or they don't have to be, um, quote unquote, positive af- yeah. affirmations. They can be neutral affirmations. They don't have to be pie in the sky affirmations. If you 
are, if you are struggling um, with whatever you're struggling with. So for example, just using as example, you're struggling with chronic illness saying, well, I feel good. I feel good. I feel wonderful. may not resonate with you. You know, so you're allowed to say uh, a neutral affirmation. I can support myself. I can reassure myself. I can speak to myself with kindness, however I'm feeling. One thing is that one of my favorite affirmations I like to say is I don't have to reject past versions of myself to love and embrace who I am today. Right. So that has been very uh, supportive for me, healing for me with starting over, for example, when I start to think like, well, you know, I should have done this. I I didn't do this. And all of those shame stories come up. I'm like, you know, I can embrace and love and accept Amber in 2013, Amber in 1995. I can accept. Amber in in 1998 when she gave birth as a teenager in high school, Mm. you know, and she didn't have all the tools that she has today. And, you know, that was one of the things that held me back, I would say, from uh, starting my podcast for so long because I thought, well, I have evolved and grown so much that I'm almost afraid to put things out there because what if five years from now, I'm like, Oh no, I don't believe that. Cause 10 years ago I had the a different mindset. And I say that we're always doing, so I recognize it. I notice yeah. that, um, surfacing and, and I speak to myself with compassion. You know, they say the way that you would talk to a friend, but it's true the other thing that I do is I carry around a picture of myself, uh, in kindergarten. And yes. yeah, I, I keep, I keep her in my wallet. And every time I am noticing that I want to judge myself for how I'm feeling or judge myself for judging myself, yeah. um, I pull up that picture and I say, I love you. I'm proud of you. You're, you're amazing. And it's mm-hmm. okay. It's okay. Girl, my heart, that literally is beautiful. I think that that sometimes the hardest part is just like accepting. So for instance, for me, like the Jerrica, let's throw out 2011, <laughs> which wasn't that long ago, right? That Jerrica and today, it's, it's two different women completely. And I'm so happy where I am now that sometimes I would be so disappointed at that Jerrica. And I had to start just wiping that out. Like, it's all good because if I didn't go through those things and if I didn't do those things, like I I wouldn't have been where I am right now. So I really love that so much. Like really just accepting the past versions, you know? And I think like even... When I think about it, um, you know, sometimes people do reject that. They really do. It's almost like, why are you always talking about back then? You know, we're not back then. But it, it has everything to do with with self-reflection and growth um, because that's your story. And your story is important. It's valid. You know, it, it matters. So why wouldn't you want to share that? Um, so I really, I really appreciate you saying that. Um, and I hope that the people that listen to this episode, you know, find find a lot of peace and joy in that. I hope so too. And other thing that I want to share is that it still um, comes in waves because there are days where something uh, from my past will come up and I'm like, okay, 
I can, I notice feelings of shame around it still. And so then I support myself. I, you know, talk to myself. It's okay. I, I notice you're feeling shame about, you know, this divorce that you had. I notice you're feeling shame. People say, are your kids all by the same father? You know, oh, things like gosh, that. Yeah. So I still notice shame stories surfacing in this space right now. I don't feel like you know, there's a point where I arrive and I become immune to ever rejecting past versions of myself, or now I'm immune to shame stories about my past or no, I think as I take it one hour at a time, not even a day at a time, one hour at a time, sometimes taking it a day at a time is overwhelming too. So one hour at a time, like, Hey, right now in this moment, yeah, you know, I'm noticing that I'm feeling a lot of shame about, you know, past employment that I've had or jobs or different things, you know, and not, not staying on the job for long periods of time because I didn't feel so my resume, you know, things like that. And, you know, when it surfaces, I notice it, I'm aware of it. And then right. I, I hold myself with compassion and it's just the way that I talk to myself. And the podcast has helped me so much with that because it was for myself first. And I thought, you know, if Someone else um, knows that they're not alone. As soon as I published it, yeah, and um, you know, someone said, "Hey, you know, I, I listened to your podcast." I'm like, "Okay, you know, this this was one person. <laughs> you know, what I mean? that that's what matters to me. You know, that's all. That Someone else knows that they're not the only one. They're not the only one feeling like they're not enough. They're not the only one feeling shame stories. They're not the only one feeling insecure, rejected. They're not the only one feeling disconnected. They're not the only one feeling like you want to text somebody and say, hey, I really need connection. You're not alone. Right. Girl, I am. Let me tell you, my heart is just full because these are things that matter every single day. You know, it's like the constant reminders that we have to keep telling ourselves. I'm just, I'm just so grateful for you for joining me on this episode. So I have something fun before we close out. It's fun. It's my go-getter game. It's called, how do you do it? And I just have one question for you, Amber, as far as how do you do it? And it's about everything that we've talked about. But if you could sum it up um, with either a word, a phrase, however you want to sum it up, how do you live a life with zero shame? I embrace that my mental health matters every day. I embrace that emotions are a natural part of life. I tell myself that I'm doing my best and it's enough. Whatever that looks like for the day, um, I embrace that, you know, feeling your feelings and embracing your feelings doesn't mean that you are embracing uh, perfect or whatever it looks like to be perfect. I recognize that if a painful or strong emotion is surfacing, I don't necessarily have to analyze it if I don't want to, if I'm not in the emotional space to do it. Um, I don't have to necessarily sit with the story of the feeling because then, you know, sometimes I can get into ruminating over it. So it's okay to basically just speak to yourself with compassion. And that has helped me so much to become more aware of how I talk to myself. Like I said, when I'm talking about my past, when I'm talking about my future, if I'm talking about my present, just am I speaking to myself the way that I would want to speak to five-year-old Amber? Absolutely. 
I recorded an episode where I was talking about, um, you know, my younger self and, and it really came from me kind of having that idea of, okay, if I could talk to her, you know, to just let her know, because of course there's so many things that we go through not knowing what the future is going to hold. Right. And making it very clear and, and very simple because it doesn't have to be complicated. Or the age that um, resonates with you, because it may not be five years old. It may be 25. It may be 45. It may be 75. Yeah. Um, but just holding that space for yourself, holding that compassion for yourself. Um, and I say, you know, gosh, Amber did the best she could when she was 16 pregnant. She did the yeah. very best she could. Yeah. And that was enough then. And that's enough today. Exactly. Um, so Amber, thank you. I want to make sure that everyone listening is able to connect with you. Um, so if you want to share your website and I'll make sure that I have that in the show notes as well. AmberMalone.me. Yep. That's it right there. And I definitely want you all to stay connected with her as you can uh, hear in her lovely voice and the knowledge is there. The love is there. Um, the wisdom is there. And definitely I'm excited to have this connection and to share it with you guys. Um, but Amber, thanks again so very much for joining me on this episode of Confessions of a Go-Getter podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you for seeing me. Thank you for embracing me. And I appreciate everyone who's listening. Always. Thanks, girl. Well, guys, that concludes this episode of Confessions of a Go-Getter podcast. If we are not connected on social media, please feel free to connect with me at Confessions of a Go-Getter podcast on both Facebook and Instagram. If you have any questions about this podcast or any future episodes, feel free to email me at hello at confessionsemail.com. I look forward to our next time together, y'all. Y'all have a beautiful and wonderful, glorious week. Until next time. Confessions of a